This is Higher Ed Heroes with Dr. Sebastian Kempf and Dr. Alistair Stark. Hi and welcome to Higher Ed Heroes, our podcast series that zooms in on those little things we can do in our university classrooms, the little things that can make a big difference. My name is Seb, and as always, I'm being joined by my friend and colleague, the flabbergastingly energetic Al. <laughs> Hi, everybody. The series is motivated by our belief that what really matters to our students and their experience is what we do in the classroom. In our universities, however, we get to talk a lot about policy around teaching, course design, and of course, budgets. But what we don't often have are spaces in which we can talk about these small examples of good practice that have a really big impact for our students. And so in our podcast series, we like to talk to colleagues and look into what it is that they're doing that we find enriches their classroom, but also inspires us and hopefully inspires our listeners. And it is, of course, a jargon-free zone. We want to rid ourselves of the buzzwords that characterize many conversations about teaching. So we don't want to use words like flipped classroom work-integrated learning, even research-led teaching. And as regular listeners will know, when we hear those bud words, we have a special response. No, 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 no. No! And we hope our buzzer will encourage us and our guests to really talk about teaching in everyday terms. Now, in this season, we are going to go a little bit further. We're going to go further from UQ, further from our faculty, and we're going to explore interesting practices beyond our own institution and indeed our own discipline. But today, we're starting on home territory uh, with our very own faculty here at the University of Queensland. So we're going to be doing what we always do, getting a great teacher in the hot seat and exploring practice. And the teacher we're going to talk about is Kim de Reike, who is a senior lecturer in anthropology here at UQ. And we want to talk to Kim about how he makes his students research the social impact of real world projects. Mm. Kim, welcome. Thank you. I guess what I would really like to know in terms of kicking us off is what all this means. Your students learn about the social impact of construction in relation to the environment and people. And central to this is is a learning process in which you combine the classroom with practical research around social impact. But what does that actually mean? Well, it means uh, my students um, do a variety of things in my course. That is to say, they undertake a a mini social impact assessment as part of their assessment uh, over 13 weeks. They work in groups. I set the groups up at the beginning of the course. Uh, They are then free... Uh, for the first week or so to choose a particular project in the city uh, that is in Brisbane. This is on the whole a a development project of some kind. It may be a building project, but interestingly, of course, uh, at the current moment, some students are undertaking studies of the COVID restrictions and the, the, the variety of social impacts that arose from you know, the COVID uh, restrictions, but also the more classical studies of big developments, um, you know, big buildings in the city uh, that might impact surrounding residents in some way um, and so on and so forth. And the students then go out to do fieldwork over the 13 weeks. They develop a research plan initially uh, in collaboration with me. 
uh, and then they go and do qualitative field research in the city, uh, ultimately leading to what you might call a mini social impact assessment at the very end of the course. Mm. So they're out and about in the city analysing the social impact of ongoing development. Very much so, very much so. They, They undertake... Uh, a variety of activities or they employ a variety of research methods, you might say, um, interviews, semi-structured interviews, observations in particular localities to see how people live their lives and to hear the opinions of people uh, affected by particular developments and then to use the social science theory to make sense of all that uh, data, ultimately to, to write up a quality uh, mini social impact assessment. It's amazing and I think I can sense from your teaching that the idea to take the students out of the classroom to make them do something out in quotations mark, quotation marks in the field is something that I find across your courses and I know from having talked to you that one other thing that you like to do is to take your students on a field trip right into the rural areas of Australia. I think that's a great example. I'd like to ask you to talk about that. The This is related to the social impact assessment approach and and, uh, this is in a location where I undertook my PhD uh, just north of Brisbane uh, to do with a big dam that was going to flood a particular valley causing enormous social impacts for the people who were going to be uh, resettled, if you like. Ultimately, that dam did not proceed the Federal Environment Minister uh, disapproved uh, the building of the dam, but I take my students into that valley uh, at a particular location where we spend a number of days. We organize community members from that valley to come in and speak to our students um, about the social impacts they experienced as a result of this dam. Uh, there is an Aboriginal person with customary connections to that place uh, speaking about the heritage um, uh, values of that particular locality. You know, it's also building a a sense of cohort amongst the students, um, obviously also spending time just around a campfire and uh, camping and so on. And I think all all of that inspires students ultimately to to go and do this kind of work, not just to to theorize, uh, which of course we do, and as I, I mentioned, uh, they come back with the notebooks full of material, and then you know use the theory to to write up their their final assessment. But uh, I think you know what I what I want to do is inspire students, taking them into the field, into the real world kind of confront them with the the views, opinions, lifestyles of others. Um, and uh, there's only one way to do that, in my view, and that is to actually go out there. Yeah. How, how do the students respond in terms of their attitude when they're confronted with that? It's quite a challenge. Are they nervous? Are they excited? How, how do they... Uh, look, I, I think it would be a combination of all these things um, uh, some students in my course are you know it's a diversity of students in my course so some uh, have some experience um, interviewing people others have none and for them it's the very first time going out into the city in, in, in terms of the project I described earlier but also in terms of the field trip and some of them have hardly ever camped out uh, for a few days um, out in the out in the rural areas um, so for them it's very new and um, 
observe um, on the whole a real sense of excitement mm. uh, among the students and um, uh, it, it appears to me to be one of the kind of highlights um, for students and and you know that's part of of course me taking this further and so on and building on these um, initiatives mm. yeah I could totally see why students would get excited about that even you know being able to get in contact with um, indigenous Australians and to be able to get some insights into a project that ultimately didn't go up, right? The dam was never built, but it still had a social impact. And normally you only hear about this in the newspapers. What interests me is like, how hard is it for you to set that up? I mean, it sounds amazing, right? But there must be so much to uh, come up with the idea until you can actually execute it semester by semester. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, well, there's a whole range of um, aspects to that, I guess. It was facilitated, obviously, by me having worked in this area and being familiar with um, both community members um, and the particular locality where we go, which is an old farm, a big, big old farm along the river uh, in the Murray Valley. And so it was a matter of, obviously, of setting up the contacts with the people running this farm. It's being run at the moment by the Noosa District High School, which is an interesting kind of development. It's an outdoor facility, uh, so they have, you know, the, the space capacity and uh, skills to have lots of students come there. Then, of course, there's the internal, u you know, university negotiations that have to take place, as you mentioned, budgets and organizing logistics and, and so on. But I find it on the whole not too onerous um, once you put these things on paper and what you need to do um, it's pretty straightforward you know you you ask your students early on uh, whether they are keen to participate in this and as as the date comes closer you make certain arrangements and um, I think it's pretty straightforward yeah I'm excited about the development you send your students out into the city Seb do you do you give them a list of do's and don'ts before they hit the city? I, I certainly do. Um, I mean, we have kind of um, uh, introductory uh, classes that prepare them for the fieldwork component, right? They don't go out in the second week. Um, obviously, as I said, uh, they need to first develop a research plan, do background research about the particular project, so their fieldwork is informed by prior, you know, by knowledge they've already gained, um, and then of course the you know important part of ethical conduct. And I instruct them quite uh, seriously, obviously, about how to conduct themselves, um, how to obtain consent, uh, and do all the things they should be doing were it uh, a proper full research project. Now, I mean, this is research training, obviously, right? And so the um, resulting mini assessments are not publicly available they are they are f solely for research training purposes and you know the, the students need to understand what their duties and responsibilities are um, and how they should conduct themselves uh, when uh, observing interviewing and so on yeah do, do any of them get to speak to the developers they all attempt to do so uh, whether they will actually uh, get an interview is is always an open question mm. it turns out as you would suspect uh, mm. to be much more difficult uh, than talking to say uh, affected local residents but certainly um, most students will talk to also local government representatives members of parliament you know a range of representative organizations to do in many cases with say uh, organizations that 
represent homeless people or you know particularly vulnerable populations in Brisbane and so I find on the whole looking back that they are able to to include quite a substantial diversity of um, perspectives yeah no doubt your students will have a lot of feedback on your course and these activities mm. I was wondering what they identify as the most challenging component for them and the most rewarding one in terms of their learning well there are a few challenging parts to this <laughs> no uh, <doubt. laughs> one is the amount of work that is required I mean it is m I think more work um, and it asks quite a bit from students um, doing the field work is not during class time so they you know they go out in weekends and in, in times that they would otherwise spend differently um, so that's one but equally difficult might be how to use data and theorize some of that material I, I mentioned before they often have a few notebooks full of data now this is a good challenge for students um, that is to think about the data and sit back from it and think what does this all mean and how can I use some of my readings uh, that I've done at university to make sense of all this material now that requires of course considerable intellectual input and, and energy it's challenging for students who've never done this kind of work uh, to then write up a piece of um, you know a mini social impact assessment that actually includes an an interesting and original analysis of that empirical material so mm -hmm. those two elements I think are the most most uh, challenging yeah that was the question I was going to ask what's the, the, the practical assessment dimensions it's a social impact assessment how, how many words and what do you expect from the students in terms of assessment? I didn't mention this. This is a double-badged course, uh, so I have both undergraduate students and master's students. The final report is in the order of 4,000 words for the undergraduates and 5,000 for the master's students. Mm. And then they have the research plan at the beginning uh, as well as uh, in the middle a reflection uh, which is a reflection on either the the guest presentations that I didn't mention this yet I I get um, uh, in the middle of the course a kind of block of guest presentations from a actual social impact assessment consultants who work for you know engineering companies or private consultants doing big projects out there as well as government uh, the Queensland government regulator uh, comes in to talk about how they evaluate social impact assessment as well as an indigenous person talking about how he experiences development in southeast Queensland and so they need to write a reflection on on that material that's being put to them uh, again using some of the theory uh, we've discussed um, so that those are the three assessment components yeah. and when you get an excellent assessment what, what does that look I mean if your students are listening they, they might get a bit of a cheat here but what is it that gives you a wow factor and you think oh this is exactly what I want is it the synthesis of data coming into theory or what gives you a really great outcome from an assessment? Well to me and this is reflected in how I set up my marking criteria which sometimes uh, leads to um, to students being somewhat uh, amazed uh, when they read my marking criterion let's say when the focus is on you know original creative analysis and and so what I want to see in the writing ultimately is for a student to engage with 
the material, the guest lectures say, to briefly summarize the content and then creatively, independently, evaluate that material using some of the literature. I mean, I can't tell them exactly how to do that. Uh, that is a kind of an intellectual exercise they need to do themselves. But I'm, you know, really pleased when I see students taking initiative, um, showing courage also. I, I, you know, I always encourage them to take risks in their writing and to go for it. And, and I tell them that if they do this, I will see it in their writing and I will um, uh, reward them for taking the risks, even though there may be some questions uh, about their reasoning and so on. But that's ultimately what I want to see, um, which is you know what what I think uh, all academics want to see in their students ultimately is is creative original thinking about mm-hmm. the content matter and mm-hmm. um, that's what we're after yeah I love the phrase uh, risk taking that's something that I really try and encourage as well but students are so fearful when you say just let go and show me your voice and take a risk take a leap of faith and put it in your assessment they don't always like that but it's a yeah. great phrase well I mean, for that particular reason, I generally include a writing workshop um, where, you know, I give them some examples of risk-taking. To me, that always starts with a wonderful title, Mm. uh, an original wonderful title, and it is surprising to me how how many students are also amazed about that when Mm. they go, shouldn't I just call it... You know, social impact assessment course assessment two, and uh, I go, no, that's not what I want to see. Do you know what I mean? You know what I like about the way you do this with your students is that you um, force them to think about their assignments in ways that's different from normal courses. Normally, it's like here's a set of essay questions, pick one that you would like to have. What you do is you make them go out, take some risks, and in a way produce the data and the information that then informs what it is that they're going to write about, right? And I think that's mm. that's the real challenge for students, um, but also the beauty of that. I was wondering whether as a sort of final thought for those who are listening in, who might be thinking, actually, that's a great idea to maybe take students out and and doesn't have to be a social impact assessment, but for anything that they do in their work and who might be have, have perhaps held back from doing that so far. What's the kind of big encouragement, the big advice that you would give to people? I, I guess that builds on what we were discussing before. The enthusiasm that can be instilled in students, to me, should be encouragement for everybody to to take these initiatives. Now, uh, you know, as you say, these might be applied in all kinds of circumstances. I, I encourage people not to be concerned about the kind of administrative, logistical issues that might pop up, um, but to have the uh, the students' interests in mind uh, and to, to put that in, uh, that energy. Uh, In my experience, once you've put that energy in at the beginning, uh, you've done most of the work and you can build on that in subsequent years and and the work is basically done, right? So it's a bit of an an investment early on, but once that's all set up, um, you can, you can, you know, keep going with it, manipulate it a bit, change it here and there as, as the circumstances demand. But... To me, ultimately, the enthusiasm uh, and keenness of students um, developing from those kinds of things is what we should all aim for, yeah. That's really wonderful, and I think that's a perfect moment uh, for me to come in and try and wrap things up. Kim, very insightful. 
it makes me feel like I want to be a student again in your course. So if you liked what you heard here as a listener and you'd like to come in, share ideas, then please, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you've used any of the practices that you've heard while listening to the podcast, please do contact us. We love to hear people using these gimmicks. Thanks everybody for joining us in High Red Heroes and we look forward to your company again.